Welcome, everybody. Welcome to podcast episode four. This is actually part three of the beginning, beginning, beginning parts of this podcast. Um, as I, if you, if you went back to the first one or if you started there, you heard me say that as I was in my prayer closet one day, the Lord told me, begin this podcast, start with a firm foundation and teach them how to establish and create intimacy with me. And he downloaded to me the first three parts of this firm foundation, which was to get into a prayer closet with him. That is that is the absolute beginning of creating and establishing intimacy with the Father. This is building a powerfully firm foundation of transformation. And so we find that in Matthew 6, 6. Matthew 6, 6 tells us when we pray, go into our secret place, shut the door and what we pray in private, the Lord will reward us with openly. And then the Lord began to speak to me about worship. So after we are inside of that closet or that secret place and your secret place can be a car, a shower, washing dishes, doing laundry, just time set apart with him. It can be anywhere as long as it is devoted to time spent with him, talking to him, listening to him, receiving from him, but also just giving to him of your thoughts, of your mind, of your worship. And so that brings us into worship. And that was, that was an incredible (laughs) podcast. It actually went into two parts. I did not plan that, um, but that was the plan of the Lord. I got pretty emotional on that one. And yeah, so Psalm 100 talks to us about entering into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I could actually do an entire podcast on the courts (laughs) of heaven. And so after we are devoting time to him and we're in his presence and we just worship to him we worship everywhere all day every day we are just constantly thinking of him um giving him our love our devotion where he will actually sometimes just drop a song into your heart or your head and then just simply obeying and singing out into the open with our voice the song that he puts in our heart is powerful worship it is also warfare if you heard that episode you would learn that worship is warfare um there's nothing more powerful than worshiping our lord our savior our creator and so then that brings us to now the word the word of god and i literally cannot get enough of the word of God. I devour his word. I consume his word. I literally wish I could just eat this entire Bible. (laughs) And spiritually I do. This is my nourishment. The Lord says, I am the bread and he is our nourishment. 
that is what sustained the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. It was manna. Manna was not known to them. It was supernatural. It, it dropped from the sky. And I am going to talk to you today about how incredible the Word of God is, how transformative the Word of God is. And um, I just want to open up with prayer just really quick. I prayed before the podcast, but I just feel um, the need to pray right now. Father, I just thank you for this precious time, Lord. I just thank you for everyone listening. I just ask that you cover this podcast and this time in the blood of the Lamb, Lord. I ask that you open the ears, open the hearts of those that are listening, Lord. Let this literally soak and seep into them and transform them, Father. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the rhema word that you are going to just push out today through my voice, Lord, as we study and look at your logos, the logos, the written word, Lord. I just thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is hovering over this word. And Lord, I just thank you and ask that you powerfully protect it. In your son's name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so you heard me just mention in that prayer, which I was not planning on doing, but that was um, Lagos and Rhema. So the word, the word of God is written. We read it from our Bibles, but then it is also um, Rhema. And Rhema is the spoken word. It is the the aha moment that we get from the revelation of the Holy Spirit. It's when scripture literally leaps off the page. It's when an anointed teacher or pastor is teaching the word of God and it hits us so hard. We are undone. We're transformed. Chills appear. Tears appear. All the things. So I want to just begin with telling you something. You may know this, you may not. We find it in Jeremiah 33.3. You're going to hear the pages of um, my Bible turning. I am going to come heavy and hard today, obviously, with a lot of the Word of God. And I'm going to begin here in Jeremiah 33.3. And it says this, y'all, when I found this word, I, I was like my jaw dropped. And so here it is. Jeremiah 33, 3, ask me, ask God, ask me, and I, I, God, will tell you, the one who asks, remarkable secrets, remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Y'all, other than the literal words, he is risen. in this word is there is there another scripture that is more powerful than this one right here where god says hey ask me whenever there is a command in the bible we want to do it so if he says look and see we want to look and see if he says ask we want to ask if he says seek we want to seek if he says knock we want These are commands and he's giving us clues and hints into becoming more intimate with him. And so here in this verse, he says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets 
you do not know about things to come. How incredibly amazing is our awesome God. He's just waiting for us to become intimate with him. He will tell us secrets that we do not know of things to come. This is this is supernatural. This is miraculous. This scripture right here completely debunks the false doctrine, the cessation doctrine um, that says that God does not speak today, that the canon is closed, that there are no gifts that operate today, that all of that ceased when John the Revelator died on the Isle of Patmos. Um, that is a false doctrine that is widely spread and infiltrated into the churches today. And if you are underneath that doctrine that God does not speak, I would love to challenge. That's actually probably why the Lord had me pray before I went any further in this podcast. If you have ears to hear, you'll hear God talk about that in parables. Those with ears to hear are granted the gift of understanding. Wisdom and understanding are gifts that are granted to those who press into the Lord. You can read all about wisdom and understanding in Proverbs. There are Proverbs devoted specifically to understanding and wisdom. And obviously that comes from Solomon, the wisest man. So. Now that you know that there is a Logos word, the written word, and a Rhema word, a revelation, a spoken word given to us by the Holy Spirit as we read, it's like an aha moment. Now we hear that God is just waiting to give us secrets when we ask him. So I want to just go ahead and turn to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. So how many of you know that the word of God is um, powerful, living, active? It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it tells us that right here in the written word, it says, for the word of God, this is Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires <laughs> the word of god is so powerful it literally is active alive it is so powerful that it will divide it will cause you to see things inside of yourself that you rather wish would be remained hidden. And a lot of times that's why we don't pick up the word because we want to live our own lives. We don't want to listen to the word of God. We're just happy chugging along. We've got a good, good life going on. We've got the car or, or SUV that we want. We've got all the money in the bank account we want. We've got the clothes. We've got the house. We've got all the things that the world tells us is important. Tells us that this would give us status, importance. We don't want to read the word that tells us that the poor in spirit, the humble are actually the ones who are exalted. 
the last are actually the ones who will be first in the kingdom of God. Mm. All right. You need to understand that the word of God is a weapon. It is a sword, much like worship. And knowing the word protects you. It protects you. It protects you. The minute you begin taking ground, the minute you begin stepping out and saying, I want a relationship with the Father. I want to know Him. That's going to send off some alarms, some red flags in the kingdom of darkness, and they're going to begin to oppose you. Okay, this is normal. The actual Word of God tells us this. And so you need protection. Well, praise God, he's already designed all of that for you. There's armor that we have. Um, The word of God protects us from the enemy. We see this protection in Ephesians 6. And it talks about the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6. Um, I'm going to just read it to you. And it says here, In Ephesians 6, verse 11, put on all of God's armor, not one or two or three pieces like the majority of us do every day when we wake up, (laughs) the armor of God, so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil, okay? So God's like, I didn't leave you like sitting ducks like that false doctrine teaches you, Uh uh-uh. I've given you something. I've given you many things. I've given you the word of God. I've given you armor. I've given you salvation. I've given you gifts of the spirit that I'm wanting you to use every single day. Verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We are not fighting against people we see. It's not our mamas. It's not our daddies. It's not our spouses. It's not our children. It's not our bosses but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So when we're actually being opposed, the enemy is gonna oppose us through our husband or our wives. Um, The enemy is gonna oppose us through our children. The enemy is gonna oppose us through our bosses, through the unseen, but actually through the person. So when we're arguing, if we can recognize that it's actually an invisible entity that is working through our husbands and our wives and our children and our parents to actually twist communication, to break down communication, then we are uh, like, we are ahead of the game. So it says in verse 13, therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, the gospel, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. This scripture tells you they're coming. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
And I love that because that is a defensive weapon. We use it just like Jesus himself used it in the wilderness when Satan was using his very own word against him. How many of you know that Satan and witches know our scripture? How many of you know that Satan knows the word of God? That's how he was able to use it to to trick Eve in the Garden of Eden. He actually will use the word of God to set and lay traps for us. That is why we have to know and use the word of God. Now you're probably asking, and if you aren't, you should, how can they, Satan and witches and warlocks, how can they know the Bible and not be transformed by it? Mm. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. It's actually God, God who, who grants understanding of his word. He doesn't just trust anybody to that. So come with me now to Luke 8. I'm going to talk to you really quick about a parable found in Luke 8 and also Mark 4. It is the parable of the farmer scattering seed. And this will, this will answer that question. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath. Everybody write down footpath. Where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. Write down rocks. It began to grow but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell amongst thorns, write down the word thorns, that grew up with it and choked it out. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. Highlight, circle, write down fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone, this is Jesus, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach the others, others meaning those who are not permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed in this parable is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Do y'all remember just like a minute ago, I talked to you about an invisible enemy in Ephesians 6. He's real. And he does not want you to understand and absorb and learn and be transformed by the word of God because he isn't. Verse 13, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, 
somebody say deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Verse 14, the seeds that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. Come on, Jesus. And they never grow into maturity. Right, if you're taking notes, right beside that, 2 Corinthians 3.18 and 2 Peter 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18 and 2 Peter 3.18. Those verses talk about going from glory to glory with unveiled faces. That is literally what we should be doing. Salvation is just the beginning point with God. Salvation is just the launching pad. That is the beginning. And from there, we should literally run sprint into finding and creating and establishing intimacy with him. Verse 15, Luke 8, 15, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a harvest. That is a powerful, powerful word. Um, I want to flip over to Luke 24 and read verse 45 for you. Luke 24, verse 45. It says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. This is why the enemy knows scripture and can use it as a weapon against us. And it sounds good, but unless we have been given supernatural understanding and revelation of God's word by God himself, that's all it'll ever be. It'll be a history book and it'll be something that the religious people can weaponize because they don't have a supernatural revelation and understanding. They don't have the rhema part. They only have the logos part of God's word. The word of God um, is the lamp. Okay. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the word of God being a lamp. So turn with me to Psalm 119. I, I would love for you to read the entire Psalm 119. Um, the entire Psalm it, let's see, it has how many verses? It goes all the way to 176 verses, and it is saturated with nuggets of gold. It is powerful. I'm just going to read a few of them um, about how important the word is, okay? Have y'all ever um, heard the song, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path that song was taught to me as a little girl in church camp <laughs> at little bethel woods up in the country up in south carolina and that song is actually scripture and it is psalm 119 verse mm-hmm. 105 
your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So I just want to read a little bit from um, Psalm 119. I just want to pull out some nuggets from here. How can a young person stay pure? This is verse 9. If you're a young person, the next generation, my heart, my passion, if you're listening to this, your purity is is a target that the enemy is always after. How can you stay pure? It says here in the Word of God, by obeying the Word of God, by obeying God's Word. Verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 16, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Verse 18, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Verses 20 and 21, I am always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant. Those who wander from your commands are cursed. Mm. Verse 25, I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. 28, I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. 29, keep me from lying to myself. Come on. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Give me the privilege. How many of you know that Satan and the witches and the occult, they know the word of God, but they are not granted the privilege of understanding what God's word says. So they are not transformed. They are kept in bondage because their hearts are far away from God. Only those who seek him, only those who come to him with contrite and pure hearts are granted access to understanding his word. And once you've been given access and understanding, when you read this word, you will never be the same ever. You will be transformed. You will understand covenant with the father. You will understand protection, identity, sonship, There will be a powerful transference and transformation that takes place in your heart. It is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. And I just encourage you, just sit with him. Go through all of the steps of the Firm, Firm Foundation series that I just finished. I'm closing now. So the three steps are get into some intimate time with him, get alone with him. Even if it's just a trip to the grocery store and you have those 10 minutes to yourself, worship him. He inhabits, he inhabits the praises of his people and worship opens the gates. And then even if it is just one verse a week, or one passage or one chapter, meditate powerfully on it and ask the Lord to reveal the hidden secrets that are within it. I am telling you, your life will never be the same. I hope you you enjoyed today's teaching. I thank you for giving me your time. Time is a precious commodity and I don't take it lightly. So I thank you for giving me these 30 minutes to just speak into you and just encourage you. 
I'm going to close this out with prayer. Father, I just thank you for your word today, Lord. I thank you for your word, the written word and the spoken word. Lord, would you speak powerfully to those who are listening, Lord? And after this recording is over, would you just continue to meet them in the still, small, secret place, Lord? Sometimes you come by thunder. Sometimes it is the small, still voice. Lord, help us to be still and know that you alone or God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you and we give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. It's in your matchless name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you all so much, and I love you, and I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast episode.